Hi everyone, this is Aaron and you are listening to Walnut Commentary, the official podcast for the pastors and leaders of FCBC Walnut. I spoke with Pastor Hanley Liu, the English pastor of FCBC Walnut, and in this episode, after returning from our young adult retreat, we discussed Joshua Harris, purity culture, and looking up to Christian leaders. Thanks for listening. Hanley, we just came back from Murrieta Hot Springs. We weren't there for vacation. We were there on a retreat. How yes. was it? You know, um, it was the young adult retreat for our church. Uh, and the, the young adult group is called In Transit. And it was, it was great. Uh, there were about uh, over 70 of us there. Uh, the, the speaker was Pastor Mark Lim from Berean Community Church. I felt like the messages were on point. The, the topic, the theme was identity in Christ. And Pastor Mark, you know, talked about, he used Colossians as the basis, the biblical basis for his, his messages. And, and he, he talked about issues like fear of man. He talked about uh, issues like, you know, having a complaining spirit or, or, or whether we, are, we have an attitude of gratitude and thankfulness because we are, we are saved, um, you know, by Christ and in Christ. And, and I feel like a lot of the, I mean, there's much more that he said, but I, but I think a lot of the application spoke to me personally as well, you know. So uh, I, I I'm I'm grateful for our our young adults officer uh, Calvin Lamb, who it was his vision, it was his leadership. He led all of the planning. He 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 negotiated uh, with the help of, of of Peter Jin from our church. He negotiated, you know, all of the the contracts, and he took you know basically the, the leadership team took care of everything. And, and and then Calvin had a retreat, or I, I should say not leadership team, but he had a retreat committee of, of 12 people. Uh, and, and I'm not going to name them all here. I, I mean, I can't remember each and every person. Uh, but, you know, they all played such an important role in uh, in just, you know, executing. And, and I felt like um, it was a very well-run retreat. It was a very well-run retreat. Um, you know, everything from from the logistical side to the, the spiritual side, I was pleasantly encouraged by how we had discussion groups. And even on the first night when everyone was tired, that the discussion groups went longer than the time allotted for it. I mean, people were engaging and, and they were talking about the topics. And um, I, I didn't get too much uh, soft data feedback yet. I haven't gotten that information. And, uh, but from my perspective, it was drama-free. <laughs> and maybe that's coming from a former youth pastor, from myself being that that every single youth retreat that I led and oversaw, it was great, but there was always drama you mm. know, with the students to some degree, you know? <laughs> yeah. um, you know, someone's bringing marijuana and we have to, you know, someone brings a weapon, or, you know, like a knife, or, 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 or there's a love triangle somewhere with, <laughs> where two guys like the same girl in the youth group. And that, that's youth ministry, right? Yeah. And, and nowadays, you know, all of the kids are depressed and that's a serious topic and mm. you know all this stuff but but I, I feel like with the young adults this was a, a really fruitful time and we're just going to build off of this so very grateful for for the weekend at the end of the retreat you you gave kind of an exhortation to to all of us talking about how like we cared for pastor mark the speaker and you'd said something like oh this is how we're supposed to treat christ uh where did that come from is that an accurate representation of what what you said that is accurate. So <clears throat> I'm not sure if I should make this public, but um, <laughs> when we were on the, le- on the, on the retreat committee, uh, when we had our first retreat committee meeting at, at, at my house, uh, we, I, I kind of said, okay, you know, we should have 
uh, not a department, but a but but one of the one of the dedicated areas for the retreat planning would be speaker care. Mm-hmm. And I explained to them how a lot of times when you go to retreats, the the speakers are by themselves. I mean, if their family is there, that's great. But a lot of times they're by themselves. You know, nobody besides the the pastor that invited you, maybe maybe one or two leaders, there's sometimes you'll see the speaker just kind of eat by themselves. I mean, that's my experience sometimes. Sometimes people will sit down with the speaker, but a lot of times people are just doing their own thing. And especially during free time, um, you know, speakers are just kind of wandering while everyone's kind of hanging out. Um, and some speakers like that. But a lot of times, you know, you'll, you'll, you'll go and, and, and to a retreat and as a speaker, you just want to have a, a, a good experience and a good impression of the church. So, so I kind of exhorted them and then the team took it to the next level. You know, I gave them a few examples and I just said, Hey, you know, it'd be nice if, um, if the speaker was always from the moment, you know, we make contact with him, you know, we're, we're basically, you know, finding out what, you know, about him, what he likes, what he enjoys, then we're, we're always going to somehow like you don't announce it, but you kind of always have people eating with him at lunch. So make sure that there's always a different group of people sitting with the speaker, engaging him. Uh, maybe, you know, you know, he, he needs to know where he needs to be. So well informed, like you like, be here at this time. How can we pray for you? Here's where your room is. You know, how can we help you with your bags? Just, just creating this, this environment. And one of the things that, that, um, I learned from Pastor Jojo Ma from Cross Life Community Church, our our, our church plant, uh, is is when you speak for them in a retreat, they prepare a, you know a, a bunch of snacks and and your favorites, you know sodas or drinks, and, um, and and they'll just basically stock out your room. You know, if your kids are coming, they're going to have snacks for your kids, and and I know other churches do that too, but it's just a nice touch when you show up, and that's all I gave them in terms of the the, the, the plan community. I just say, hey, let's do whatever we can to make you know, Pastor Mark feel welcome. And 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 Joey Harijanto was was one of the leads of, of this speaker care as well as Jason Wang. And I know that Andrew Cal, uh, our administrative lead as well as Calvin were in charge of this as well, or, or they were looped in and and they basically made a survey to try to, you know, um find out. They they made contact with Pastor Mark. They they um surveyed him to try to find out without telling him, you know, uh you know, they try to find out what he likes, what snacks he likes, what hobbies he's into without telling him. Uh, and then they, they met him up uh, down. They went down to Irvine to meet him and then they, they, they took him to lunch. And they, I think they just try to get to know him. And, and we're so grateful that Mark gave them that time. And this was all their idea, the, 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 the retreat committee, not me. And, and they took it like 100 miles past what I envisioned. So, so Pastor Mark shared um, during the first message how when he showed up to his room, they had decked out the room with with the Chick-fil-A sauce because somehow they found out that he really likes that. And it was, they made a heart shape on his bed and, you know, they, they had a basket full of stuff for him. Yeah. Uh, I didn't expect a basket, but they did that. Right, right. Um, and, and, and I think Mark's feedback was that they felt really, really welcome. And, and, and the point behind this, uh, I, I, which is what I said at the end is that, Hey, you know, one person couldn't have made the speaker feel as welcome. You know, it, it couldn't just be just me, the pastor, it couldn't just be Calvin, the, the retreat um, site coordinator, you know, it couldn't just be Andrew, the administrative, but it was a, it was a whole group led by a team of people uh, that basically made the speaker feel so welcome. And, and honestly, you know, we can do that for a speaker and we love to do that for speakers, but this is how we need to prepare for Christ. You know, this is how we need to be surveying 
Christ, what do you desire? What does your word say? What are the things that make you make you feel welcomed? And 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 what are your favorite things? Well, how can we serve you? How can we how can we prepare both individually in our hearts and every Sunday or every Thursday night or whenever we worship? You know, how can we prepare for you? You know, as our guest, um, because you are our Lord and King, and and I understand that. So so you know, I understand that that obviously Christ is much higher you know than a speaker, but <laughs> right, right. but I mean. So yeah, there is a twofold purpose. One, we want to create a great experience for anyone that's going to speak for us. Uh, but but secondly, it's also training us for, you know, not just to honor the person who brings God's word, but the word of God himself, Jesus Christ. Mm. You know, how, how do we then honor Christ? And I mean, you were there, so I, I think you can, exp- you can probably f- give the same sentiment that the, that the retreat committee did an awesome job. And Honestly, I'm, I'm, I'm in a humble way. I'm so proud of them, uh, and I really didn't have to do much, you know, but just give a few pointers here and there, and um, you know, and and I was just there to kind of shepherd if needed, and and to enjoy the ministry and to take in the messages, and um, it was a joy. So that that's that's how I feel about the retreat. I hear you, man, and I agree. This was actually the first retreat where Jess and I went together, uh, but also with Linus. It was a different experience being there with with a kid and also, yeah, not having to do anything. I guess that uh, for you is kind of the same thing, right? I mean, you're not really doing too much on the on the day-to-day, so you could really just spend time there uh, with your family and just take it all in. I think it's a good experience to have. Yeah, yeah, it was definitely a joy to to have my family there too, as well as and so I, I feel that same sentiment. It was great to have you know you and and Jess and Linus there. Actually, we were the only you know we were the only two married couples with our children. Yeah, uh, on site. Well, Katie was there, but that's that's a little different. Right, you know? right. Um, that was a joy. I think that your point about you know serving Pastor Mark and uh, you know ultimately having to to bring that to Jesus is a good point. And I think that's something that we can uh, kind of lead into what we want to talk about today. Uh, I do want to talk more about retreat, but maybe we'll, we'll save that for later. Today, there's more, I guess, news breaking stuff that we can talk about. Um, this is the story about Joshua Harris. He is a speaker and uh, a leader in the Christian world, I guess. Why don't you recap his story or at least what you know about it. And then uh, I do have some follow-up questions for you. Okay. So there's a lot that's been written concerning Joshua Harris lately. And there's been a lot of great articles, um, articles that that I'm not even going to try to reproduce, um, you know, through a verbal podcast. Uh, but, but basically if you, if you're not familiar with Joshua Harris, he was a very influential, influential Christian writer um, and his books impacted an entire generation of conservative evangelicals, mainly in the areas of dating, courtship, marriage, and a purity culture. Uh, recently, Joshua Harris announced that he was going to get a divorce or he's separated from his wife. And shortly after, maybe a week later, he announced that he's no longer a Christian. And I think this shakes up um, a few generations of of, of young evangelicals or mid-age evangelicals, because when I was in high school around the nineties, there was a book that came out that Joshua Harris wrote. And he was only 20 or 21 when he wrote this, it was called, I kissed dating goodbye. And, 
And, and that was during the whole true love weights movement where you had an entire generation of, of conservative evangelical uh, Christians uh, wearing purity rings, making commitments that, of abstinence that we're not going to have sex until we get married. Uh, and Joshua Harris's book was addressing the, the, the casual approach to dating from the world where you just date around and dating is, could be a game or, or, or dating is a process. And, and the book challenged people to say, hey, you know, don't date uh, frivolously like the world or don't just date for fun, but date with a purpose and date with the intention of marriage. And so ultimately, he came out with a second book uh, called Boy Meets Girl, which was about courtship, which tells a lot of stories, uh, including his story of how he courted, you know, his his wife. And and uh, I think one of the weaknesses of, of, of that book that's been pointed out by various articles, especially uh, opponents of, of the purity culture and opponents of Joshua Harris, is that he didn't really have any hard statistics for the arguments that he was making. He simply listed stories, anecdotes, right, of, of basically um, success stories of, of couples who chose commitment over compatibility or, or whatever it is, right, or, to, or chose to to pursue the principles laid out in Harris's uh, book or, or Harris's uh, application of, of wisdom literature or the scriptures. And basically they followed that and it was a success story and it, it got published. Um, and then later he published a few other books, but one of the books that was really, I, I think good, um, you know, as a follow-up was, was a book that was originally, it was about purity uh, and it was about lust. And um, it was entitled originally, not even a hint and then they retitled it, um, Sex is Not a Problem, Lust is. Um, and, and so that's, you know, there was a set of books that really influenced the youth pastors that then poured into the, the youth groups for two decades, I would say. Uh, Joshua Harris was a hero for, 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 for many, okay, in, in, in that regard. Um, you know, in recent years, there's a lot that's happened. I don't have all the details, but I know that, uh, one, um, Joshua Harris left his church. He was the senior pastor of Covenant Life Church, which used to be C.J. Mahaney's church. And we know there's some drama that happened there uh, in regard to, you know, sexual abuse and, 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 you know, whether it was addressed or from the leadership level. And so, so I'm not going to get into that today because I actually don't have all the details. But I know eventually Joshua Harris wanted to speak up on certain things. Uh, I don't know what happened, but he eventually left the church and I, I felt like he got burned. You know, and I felt like it was hard for him. He was stuck in a hard position. He got burnt. But at that point, he left the pastorate. But I didn't know anything about, you know, what was going on with his faith struggle or a deconstruction of his faith, which is a postmodern description of what happens when you deconstruct everything that you believe because your, your paradigm of theology starts to collapse. Right. And then also, <clears throat> I didn't know what was happening with, um, with a TEDx talk that he gave where he said, look, you know, I was wrong in my, in my books, as well as a documentary that he made. And basically uh, what, what came out was all of the stories in Boy Meets Girl, uh, success stories in those books. It turns out that, that a few of those couples got divorced or many of those couples, their marriages didn't work out. And people started to come forward to say, hey, Joshua Harris, I followed I Kiss Dating Goodbye. I followed the principles of, of courtship from Boy Meets Girl and I got hurt. You know, on top of that, of course, you're going to have the other end, the liberal end, criticizing him, right? You're going to have the LGBTQ, you know, criticizing him for his stance on traditional heterosexual marriage. You're going to have those from the egalitarian viewpoint 
uh, criticize him for complementarianism, which is, you know, men are called and, and, and ordained by God to be the head, the leaders in a loving Christ sacrificing way. And then the women are to submit not in a, uh, in, in subjugation, but submit in love and in loving response to a Christ centered husband. And so complementarianism, uh, it was, was what, what he championed. So Harris always had critics, but I think his entire paradigm began to fall up, fall apart in terms of was, did, did his books and did, did this complementarian culture and courtship purity culture create a system of legalism, a, a system that hurt people, a system of, of, hey, uh, maybe we took something that was wisdom and made it biblical law and almost like a formula. If you followed these principles of, of, of waiting until, uh, waiting until marriage to have sex, that you're going to have a great sex life with no problems, right? Well, nowhere that he promised that, but I think some people probably took that to heart that way. Or if you don't mess around and if you just court rather than date around and if you wait that your marriage is going to be successful without problems, nowhere is that promised in any of those books. But but I think some people took that to heart. And so all of this now, you know, is, is this huge mess where, where, where you see a decline of, of, of what I felt like was a man of God and a brother of Christ. My heart feels for him, you know. Um, my heart feels for him. I don't, I, I don't know for a moment what's going through his heart and what he's going through. I, I think people have criticized him. Um, you know, I, I think that he basically lit a fire and, uh, maybe, maybe if he was more constructive, he could have just silently stopped believing in Jesus and silently, you know, get your divorce and, and, and don't stop, don't start apologizing for your books and everything because that creates confusion, you know, but, but I understand now people are saying, Hey, is he, is he trying to save his own skin or, or what is he trying to do? So, so it's a big mess right now. I, I, I would say that, you know, I was a person who, when I kissed dating goodbye came out, I was a very immature Christian. If maybe I wasn't even a Christian at all during mm. my senior and junior year of high school, I'm the class of 99 y'all, you know, so that's, that, 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 that dates me, but you know, 99 is an awesome class. And, and so I hated his book. I kissed dating goodbye. Mm-hmm. I wanted to, to write some type of article entitled, I kissed biblical dating. Hello. Right. And, and, and basically I, I was like, why are we stomping out dating? Because I didn't understand the, you know, the, the purity culture. I came from a, place where all of my friends had already messed up. So what does that book say about us? You know, do we even have a chance to live the Christian life? Then his second book came out, Boy Meets Girl. And I, I really loved that book because I felt like he gave us, okay, if not dating, then, then, then where do we go? And he gave us um, an application of courtship. And then my favorite book is still, you know, I think the one I mentioned, Sex is Not the Problem, Lust is. Okay. So, so as a youth pastor, um, I taught expositionally from scripture, but I used a lot of the, the, the principles from Harris's book whenever I did a, a purity series, a, a sex series, a courtship series, or a dating series. And so I was definitely impacted by Joshua Harris. And um, I think I'm saddened, but you know, I'm not devastated uh, by the news of his apostasy. I'm not devastated by his divorce because we know that we're not supposed to champion celebrity pastors, and we know that it's not really about the author of, of, of man-written books, but it's really the principles from Scripture that are perfect. Yeah. 
and and unfading and we need to stand on those biblical principles yeah okay well okay there's a lot that that you just said there's a lot to take in and i do appreciate you know the the personal history that you have um with his i guess uh, public leadership and his books and also how it impacted you and your youth ministry as you know we're still learning more about the story and as you know he's probably going to you know maybe make more announcements if he wants to you know we're still learning things here. I, I don't want to address him specifically. I guess you can if you want to, but I guess I want to address, you know, just kind of questions about about situations like this, right? Because this this isn't like a one-time thing where, right, you know, right. like, oh, it's only Joshua Harris. Like this could happen to anybody and it has happened before. Right, right. And so I guess here's the first question. What do we make of believers or leaders who fall away or I guess deconstruct uh, their faith. Well, well, I, I think I think one is is we have to pray that if we saw fruit in their lives at some point, meaning we saw the means of grace and we saw the grace of God in their lives, then we have to pray that God is not done with them, that Jesus is not done with them. Uh, we have to pray Philippians one six that he who began a good work in them will bring it to completion at the day of Christ Jesus. So we don't know for each and every celebrity pastor or or platform pastor or even private you know your, your pastor at your local church that is that has failed in some way or walked away from the faith or or left his wife or something like that. We we have we have to entrust them to God, um, but how they respond says a lot about you know, whether they were genuinely converted or not. So we, we have to see how they respond. Uh, you know, what are they going to champion? What are they going to celebrate? Um, a, a related question is, is there a place in the church for people like this? So, so, so you're talking about a person who's very honest, right? I mean, a lot, of, a lot of times when you see these celebrity pastors fail, they kind of, you know, maybe go through some type of restoration with their friends <laughs> and then they, they reemerge on another platform a couple of years later. Now, I'm not making a judgment call. I'm not saying whether it's genuine or not. But, but here we have a brother who says, look, these are the principles of hermeneutics that I agree with. And if the Bible is really to be interpreted this way, then I can't pick and choose. Therefore, according to how the Bible ought to be interpreted, I'm not a Christian. Okay, that's a very honest person. He's also, here's, here's also a brother in, in Harris who's saying, you know, I, I'm trying to, I've deconstructed this whole system that I believe in. I'm trying to, and he's maybe trying to untangle, you know, maybe legalism and fundamentalism from evangelicalism, from, you know, purity culture to what the Bible actually said, to what he really believes. And, and you just don't know where he's going to end up, right? Um, you know, 10, 20, 30 years from now. So is there a place in the church for high profile Christian leaders who have, who are going through this deconstruction? Is there a place for them to work out their faith? Right. Is there a place? And, um, and and I I think sadly, you know, um, and in evangelicalism, I think it's easy for us to say, no, there's not a place for that, you know? And and so, so I, I think it really depends, you know, I mean, It'd be it'd be different if he was actively now. Uh, if you have maybe not him, but maybe someone who who um, maybe you have a high profile leader who who cheats on his wife, uh, never repents of it, and continues on 
in a sinful relationship and completely leaves the church. I mean, that's a completely different message, right? So, so, so that's what I'm saying. It, 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 you know, it's case by case, and we have to look at what do you do with them. I think one, we pray for them. Two, we praise God for how He has used them. You know, in um, in in history, in some way, and let's not throw the baby out with the bathwater. You know, if we've been blessed by their books or their ministries, you know, let's let's look at it that the, that God can use sinful people. Right, we're not championing or celebrating their apostasy or 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 their character flaw, but but yeah. So you may not use their book anymore, but don't. But we shouldn't beat ourselves up and and just say, hey, yeah, everything that this person did was wrong, you know, because maybe some of what they wrote was actually an accurate, you know, exposition of scripture. You know, you look through church history, and every major player in church history has something you know, something that Jesus worked them through or God worked them through in terms of a dark spot, you know, and, and not every Christian leader ends their life in the way that we would envision. So A.W. Pink, A.W. Tozer, these are people who are celebrated, but towards the end of their life, you just don't know. You know, John Stott, you love John. We love John Stott, but he's, he holds annihilationism. So, so does that mean that basic Christianity, we should throw that out? I mean, you know, but, but I, I know I'm getting into different categories now, right? Like, like sound doctrine versus someone who's apostatized. Like what, what's the degree that we champion a person? Yeah. yeah so yeah, maybe you can ask a clarifier. <laughs> I'm uh, going on, on rabbit trails now. No, I mean, I, I, I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. And I think, I think it's sound. Um, okay. Here, here is this. Just give me a straight answer. What are you going to do with your books? <laughs> what are you going to do with, with his books? I'm going to keep them. I'm going to keep them. Okay. Um, and I will still utilize the biblical principles uh, or the application of wisdom that I feel reflects scripture, you know, if I need to, and, and I don't need to, I don't, you know, if I'm not citing a paragraph or if I'm not citing an idea that's original from his, I don't even need to mention him, you know, so because mentioning Josh Harris might create a stumbling block for someone who's listening. Mm-hmm. Right. But I can still champion courtship. I think it's biblical. Right, right. You know, I don't care what all these people are saying about <laughs> purity culture is legalistic. Look, man, you know, you go try it. Have sex with everyone and get married, and, and, and then you know, like, don't, don't knock on my door for counseling. Right? When, 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 when you have issues. I mean, I understand what it's like. I'm a sinner. Mm-hmm. Right. I, mm-hmm. I went through it. I'm not mm-hmm. this guy who went into marriage, you know, with, you know, like never dating or, or, or never failing you know, and physical intimacy. So, mm-hmm. so, you know, I know what the consequences are, right? So I'll put that in people's faces, you know, yeah. is biblical, yeah. purity is biblical. <laughs> um, you know, you should date wisely. You shouldn't yeah. make legalistic plans, but I have no problem with what, with the biblical principles that Joshua Harris wrote in his book. I, I, I'm keeping them. I, yeah, no, I, I appreciate that. And I appreciate the fact that, uh, you know, you're, you're basically telling us, you know, don't put you on on a pedestal, you know, to, exactly. think, to think that. Yeah. I mean, okay, let's address that. I just, may tell you, I may become, I'm never going to become a Clipper fan, but that would be apostasy, <laughs> right? That'd be heresy, <laughs> you know, for Laker fans yeah. that never cheer for the Clippers. Yeah. What do you say then about, um, I guess, I guess just, just celebrity pastors or celebrity leaders in general? Like, how should, how should we go about, you know, celebrating them should i should i requote people you know should i should i look up to these people should i read everything that they put out I, I i think i think we're talking about god 
gifting certain men and women with gifts that that have a a, a, a wider reach, uh, a higher platform, and more and more people are impacted by them. And when you look throughout history, starting with the biblical times, there were people like Peter, like Paul, um, you know, who were more like Luke, who were more influential than others, you know, during biblical times. Then you have in church history, right, Luther and Calvin and Edwards and you know, and 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 people like that who shaped, uh, who shaped church history in a healthy way. And in modern times, you have you have people that we, that we can quote and refer to. And I think it's okay to to be sober and to say, look, you know, there there's people with 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 gifts that God uses, and and God uses these people to minister to us. But as as I've gotten older, uh, I've realized, yeah, you know, I don't, I don't. These are just finite men. Mm. So I'm not going to attend a conference and fight to sit in the front mm. just so I can get a picture with them or <laughs> have them sign my Bible. They didn't write the Bible, you know, yeah. um, it's just what it is. Right. And, and so I, I, I don't need to be, you know, chasing after them. And, and that's what I learned. It's sobering that, that we should praise God for, for people who are influential but not make them into celebrities in a Hollywood way, you know? And, and, and what I would say about celebrity pastors and, and leaders is that, is that some of them, they're not trying to be celebrities. They are celebrities because, you know, they've kind of embarked upon that just by default of them ministering. And it's actually a lot of pressure for them. You know, they, they go through a lot of stress and, 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 and turmoil. It's not easy. And so they, Everyone's watching them. Everyone's quoting them, watching what they say, um, and so it's a hard uh, line. It's a hard place to be, but you know. So I, I, I think we need to be gracious towards those who are on a platform, um, but but at the same time, just don't make them your hero. Jesus is your hero, and 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 I think sometimes we can champion people so much who are famous and everything, but we're forgetting about this idea that one, we have Jesus as our ultimate hero. And then Jesus calls us to make disciples. And the heart behind being a disciple maker is that you are pouring into someone else so that they can reproduce, right? Whatever effective ministry for Christ's kingdom, which means a disciple maker is a hero maker, which we want to take the average guy who's doing security. We want to take the the person who's cooking in the kitchen, the, the janitor who's cleaning the back, the usher who's handing out programs, uh, the, the person behind the soundboard and the AV. And we want to make these people the hero because without them, you know, church, you know, you're not going to have church in the same way. So, so at the end of the day, I think we need to be sobering. And that's why, you know, um, even myself, I'm less, I'm not that giddy kid that's so excited to attend all these conferences anymore. You know, I want to go really to learn. Um, you know, and I'm not going to read every book that's published by my favorite authors. And, and so you'll see me now on the pulpit, be more intentional, you know, and, 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 and you'll just hear me say, Hey, one pastor said this. And if you come look at my manuscript, there's a footnote, right? But I don't need to tell you that, right? Because I'm not publishing anything, you know? So, or I'll say one writer puts it this way, you know, because I don't want to champion, you know, someone and then, let's just say they fall. And then it's like, Hey, Hanley, you know, you're always quoting this guy. Mm, um, mm, mm. What happened? Yeah. You know, so, yeah. so I think, I think we need to be careful with the celebrity pastor. Well, Hanley, I appreciate the 
sober and sound words. And um, hey, you know, after coming back from retreat, having a guest speaker, after hearing about Joshua Harris and all the, uh, you know, famous celebrity pastors, uh, I am sure that uh, I can speak on behalf of FCBC Walnut and saying that we are glad that you are our local church, not famous pastor. And uh, we appreciate what you do for for us here and for keeping it real on the podcast, too. I don't think we're posturing here. I just really appreciate your honesty here and, uh, you know, wanting to, I think, help others by uh, by doing this pod. Yeah, man. I mean, for, for those of you who are regular listeners, you could probably tell that, um, you know, I am theologically conservative. OK, <laughs> uh, but, but I don't want to be conservative on the things that don't matter. Um, mm-hmm. And so. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I don't care what you wear or how many tattoos you have or if it's on your face or how many earrings you have or if you look like your face fell into a tackle box or, you know, or, or, or what you, the beverage you want to enjoy in a responsible way. Um, you know, so I care about the gospel and I care about sound doctrine and, and sound living that reflects that. And so I do welcome any of you who are more on the liberal end. Um, yeah, I'm going to say what it is. That's how I say it. Um, don't be, you know, don't be afraid. I love to engage. Uh, I don't mind if you don't believe that the Bible is true, or if you don't believe in that God has predestined believers, or if you, or if you hold different views on, on gender and sexuality, uh, you know, go ahead and ask your questions, go ahead and engage. And, and, you know, I love to engage. So, Go ahead. I just don't have a lot of time to be blogging or writing stuff out. Uh, but something like this, you know, I'm more than happy to engage and, and, and talk to any of you. So keep the questions coming. And, and Aaron and I, I, I think we're, we're thankful for listening. Um, and yeah, you know, I don't care to be famous. So don't ever share this, you know, because <laughs> being famous means this is more work. And you know me, I don't want more work. <laughs> I just want to preach the word to FCBC Walnuts, and that's it. <laughs> you know, and shepherd the flock here. That's it. <laughs> Absolutely, man. Thank you so much, Hanley. Yeah, man. Thanks, Pastor Hanley, and thank you, everyone, for listening to our podcasts here at FCBC Walnut. Don't forget to subscribe to Walnut Weekly, our social media email newsletter. We deliver fresh resources for free and provide peeks behind the scenes from the social media ministry of FCBC Walnut. Subscribe today to stay up to date so you never miss out. Find the link in the show notes, but you can also find the link under the resources menu on our website, fcbcwalnut.org. Please send us your questions and comments by emailing us at socialmedia at fcbcwalnut.org. We want this podcast to be useful and beneficial, but also fun and interactive for our listeners. So if you see us around in person, please let us know you listen and feel free to give us critique, comments, or questions. For more episodes, you can visit our archive at walnutcommentary.tumblr.com, and you can subscribe to our official podcast feed on YouTube, Spotify, or your favorite podcast player. Just search for FCBC Walnut. You will receive our latest sermons, podcasts, and more. For more info about our church, visit us online at fcbcwalnut.org. Thanks. See you soon.